This week on a bonus episode with A to Z running, pro runner Willie Fink joins the show to discuss the ingredients for success. Welcome back to this bonus episode of A to Z Running, where we help runners thrive with information, inspiration, and coaching and training services. I'm Andy. And I'm Zach. And remember, you can find out everything you need to know about what we do at A to Z Running.com and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify. Remember last week, well, actually not last week, this week, we gave you the finale to our series on effort-based running. And you're going to want to make sure you still listen to that episode. So download both this episode and the previous episode. And with that, we're taking great care of you in preparation for the new year with a little extra special helpful stuff in a an excellent interview. So let's get right on to that conversation with Willie Fink. This week's guest is Willie Fink, pro runner sponsored by Under Armour. His team is the UA Mission Run Baltimore Distance Team. His alma mater is Eastern Michigan, and he has a personal best in the 5,000 of 1316. Ridiculously fast. And recently he ran a debut in the half marathon of 104.48. And in this year, he was the 2023 USATF 10K Championships runner up. Let's get to our conversation with Willie Fink. Hi, Willie. Welcome to the A to Z Running Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. We're so excited to be able to connect with you even more because you did Zach a huge solid by pacing him for the Baltimore Marathon. So thank you on behalf of uh, the Ripley family. <laughs> yeah, of course. That was a lot of fun. Uh, very nice to have support. And speaking of which, I think we can kind of tie that into the first ingredient for success, which is team and community. And um, I would love for you to unpack like how important that is for you as a professional runner and what your experiences have been with team and community. Absolutely. I think being a part of a team with people who are all kind of focusing on similar goals, uh, even if you know we're running different distances, we're all kind of working towards the same things um, as a group. Uh, I think that makes it a lot easier to sort of dream big um, because you're around other people who are also dreaming just as big. Um, you don't feel as like delusional or crazy um, if everyone around you is doing the same thing. So uh, I think that even just from a mental standpoint uh, is hugely helpful, uh, not to mention the the training. You know, I, I get to work out with a group of guys who are super talented um, and we get to feed off of each other in workouts and it just makes every session go that much better and that much smoother. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the team we've built, um, I think has been an amazing part of continuing, uh, you know, the, the passion I have for running and, uh, giving me an outlet to build a community, um, and have some really good friends, uh, along the way. That's really cool. How did you choose your team? Yeah. So in uh, 2021, um, I, I 
first started talking to Corey Leslie, our coach uh, at the Olympic trials. Um, you know, we were talking about the possibility of a new Under Armour group forming. Uh, I had been with Under Armour since late 2019. Um, so, you know, I, I already kind of had a little bit of, of an in with the brand. Um, and then with this new group, it just became a great opportunity to build something um, and be a part of something new that, uh, you know, we could kind of mold and shape how we wanted and, and have it fit the best for, you know, the few of us who had, who had been uh, kind of talking about the group, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, certainly it does. And I think it's really cool to be part of the vision, too, and Absolutely. how that's helped you to have such success so far. In fact, recently you you ran a really fast time at BU. Do you want to talk about that race? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, that was just a couple of weeks ago, um, December 2nd. Uh, I ran a 1319 5K. Um, it, yeah, the, the race itself started a little uh, hectic and chaotic. Um, you know, it was, it was a really, is it on an indoor track? So that's a pretty small track and we had like 25 or 26 people in the race. Um, so it was really tight. Um, and I feel like for me, that race was a great reminder of why I need to stay calm and, uh, stay relaxed when things don't go my way. Uh, because right off the line, I got pushed and shoved and kind of immediately spit out the back, um, which is not the race plan I had for myself. Um, so, you know, that was a, a kind of forced reminder uh, to, you know, stay calm and relaxed under pressure uh, when when the race is on, because uh, you only get one shot, you know, they weren't going to recall it just because, oh, you got bad start. Um, so yeah, I was kind of forced to immediately throw out my race plan and just focus on staying in contact with the front of the race as much as possible. Um, and as soon as gaps started to form, uh, just move up steadily throughout the race. Uh, you know, I started in like, you know, if there was 26 people in the race, I was 25th uh, for the first 200 meters. Um, and so I just had to steadily move up. Um, and it kind of, it was nice to not have to like think about pace or time or anything like that because you know it was just about getting to the front and, and trying to compete with the the people at the front of the race because I knew it, there were some really solid people running um, and if I got up there with them I was going to run a fast time no matter what um, so that was just kind of immediately what I had to focus on um, and it went pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I ran pretty my, well. <laughs> my my <laughs> so third <fast>. best time. <laughs> yeah. And it was great. That yeah, that's a great story because I think a lot of us as runners want to envision the race and have it go exactly as as we want it to go, of course, right? Mm -hmm. And so to be able to have that flexibility is super important. You had mentioned that to me before we had this interview as being a key component for success. Would you mind talking more about flexibility as something that you need as a professional runner? Absolutely. Yeah, flexibility is super important um, in terms of every race is going to be different, right? Um, so whether that's, you know, 
some of the races we run, whether it's cross country or road races are really early in the morning, like six, seven, 8 a.m. Um, some like track 10 Ks especially are gonna be at like 11 p.m. Um, so there's this huge range of times we need to sort of be able to perform at our best, right? Um, so it, it takes a lot of different preparation through the day before and the day of for a race at 7 a.m. versus a race at 10 p.m. Um, so the ability, like the ability to adjust to all of those different scenarios uh, is super important. Um, and I think the other kind of aspect is practicing uh, the different things, um, like the different types of races. I, I race a lot and I run a lot of different distances. Um, my main distance is the 5K, but in a given year, I'll race anything from like a, a mile race or a 1500 to a half marathon. Um, so having the experience of all of those different races, all of those different times of day, um, I think really helps me hone in on what's important and what I don't need to worry about. And one of the things I've learned that I don't really need to worry about is obsessing over exactly what I'm doing in the, the two hours, three hours leading up to the race. As long as I'm having, you know, I, I love coffee, big coffee guy. Um, so as long as in the few hours leading up to the race, at some point, you know, I get my coffee in, have a little bit of food, um, nothing crazy, just, you know, the, the classic like bagel with peanut butter and a banana or something like that. Um, as long as I get those few key things in, whether it's 30 minutes earlier, 30 minutes later, you know, then the last race I had doesn't really matter all that much. As long as I'm doing the things I know I need to do, um, I don't have to obsess over every little detail. And I think that's also a big part of, of just being able to relax and let the race happen, essentially. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's super important advice and to hear it from you as someone who's very successful in a variety of distances and you've, you're obviously a professional runner, you know what you're talking about. I think it's really good for us to hear this because I think we can get trapped in our rituals and while mm -hmm. it can be helpful to create comfort, to have certain rituals, to be able to have them be just like, okay, I need to do this, this, and this but not have any kind of uh, specificity in that. Like you have your few things that you have to do and then it's go time no matter what the circumstance is. I think that that is a really cool takeaway. So that's like the flexibility of it. And you also mentioned doing variety and, and getting race experience. You had mentioned that you recently ran a half marathon and I saw that you won it. So congratulations on that. Uh, you. Do you wanna talk us through, that was your first one, right? So can yes, you talk us through that decision and like how variety can be important as your success uh, for for your career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the past couple of years, I've been sort of wrapping my mind around the idea of like the longer distances, the marathon, uh, half marathon, those sorts of things. Um, but it's hard to, as, as like somebody who really loves the track, um, it's hard to find a time where I can dedicate like a, a certain block of training to either a half marathon or a full marathon. Um, so eventually I just decided that, Hey, I'm going to go 
run a half marathon, you know, off of my normal 5k, 10k training, not really going to do anything too specific for the half marathon. Um, but just going to go run one, see how it goes. It might not go perfectly. Um, but just, just want to see how my body reacts to it essentially. Um, and it doesn't like, it didn't hurt that I found one in Iceland, uh, in a really beautiful place that I could go, uh, kind of have some fun with as well. Um, that was a bit removed from our track season and stuff like that. So, um, it, it kind of ticked a lot of boxes for me. Um, and so, yes, uh, the experience of just getting out there and giving it a go, even though I might not be a hundred percent ready for it. Um, and then it going well, gave me a lot of confidence and, you know, just got me even more excited about the potential of, of moving up to those longer distances sometime in the near future. Yeah. You had mentioned that being relaxed is an important thing for you. You know, you talked about that flexibility helps you get into a relaxed state and then that indoor 5,000, you had to relax even when you got bumped and you were ended up having to go to the back and then move your way up. So staying relaxed through all of that, what is some of the self-talk that you have? Um, and how do you get to that state and bring yourself back to center, so to speak, when you are in kind of a, a frazzled experience? Like normally people would see that and be like, ah, oh, you know, they get angry and they like go um, maybe too early and not pick people off in a strategic fashion. How do you get yourself in a good space? Yeah, that is a great question. And honestly, it's something I kind of struggle with sometimes. Uh, so I think the, the kind of keys for me um, in terms of finding my center and relaxing in a hectic or a, a difficult situation, um, I think trusting, uh, you know, the training, well, specifically for running here, uh, trusting the training I've been doing, uh, you know, I know I'm, I have put a lot of work in um, over the years and, uh, you know, staying consistent with my training really helps kind of build that confidence that I can rely on in these crazy moments of, of you know, what could turn to panic. Um, I think that's a big key for me, um, as well as uh, just breathing, honestly, uh, you know, uh, it can be hard when you're running. Um, but if you can just focus on your breath, uh, try to keep it under control. Um, you know, even when you're running, you can still sort of hyperventilate and kind of get, get a little frazzled and your heart rate spikes, um, and everything just becomes harder than it needs to be. Um, so I've found that, that focusing on just the air coming in and going out, um, can really help just re calm your heart rate down a little bit. Um, and then you can focus back in and, uh, you know, get back to the task at hand. Mm -hmm. So that contributes to mental success and ha being in a good framework mentally, emotionally when you're racing. How mm -hmm. about for health? We had talked about that being one, like physical health. Uh, being a component for success. Can you talk us through how you stay healthy for your racing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's one of the other things that that being part of the team I'm on uh, is really helpful for. Uh, 
living here in Baltimore, um, where Under Armour's global headquarters is, uh, we have a lot of great resources um, at our disposal. Uh, so we have uh, massage therapists that we see once a week, um, as well as access to a physical therapist. Um, so just being able to get that body work in uh, to really take care of our muscles and joints um, and keep them in good you know, condition um, is has been huge in terms of keeping me healthy. Um, I did sort of deal with um, an Achilles issue last year. Uh, in April, um, I went in and, and got imaging done on my Achilles and found out I had a small tear. Um, and so being able to then, you know, really lock in on the physical therapy, um, getting massage, getting everything taken care of as much as I could, uh, you know, locking in my nutrition, uh, we work with a brand called Momentus, uh, that has, you know, some multivitamins and protein powders and stuff that are really good at improving recovery, um, and just trying to help me heal as quickly as possible through all of these, uh, avenues, um, I think have been great at allowing me to stay healthy as much as possible. And when things do go wrong, uh, recover and rebound, um, as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So with all these different ingredients we talked about, people love to hear about your racing. So let's move back over to that. Can you talk us through one of what you felt was your most successful races? Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of one of the first races as a professional that gave, still gives me a lot of confidence in terms of like, hey, I can run with anyone. Um, you, you may be familiar with the name Edward Cheserek. Um, He's a pretty good runner, uh, you know, like 15, 16, 17 times NCAA champion. Um, and back in 2019, or it might've, it was 2020. Um, so we were still kind of fresh out of college, just a couple of years out of college. Um, and we were at this uh, meet in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It's an indoor meet. It's called uh, Camel City Elite. Um, and I was running a mile against Edward Cheserek, uh, Clayton Murphy, um, you know, a uh, Olympic medalist in the 800 um, and a few other really talented runners. Um, and kind of, as I've mentioned, the mile is the shortest distance I tend to race. Um, you know, I don't have the most foot speed out of everyone in the world. Um, but that race I went in, um, and I was just thinking, Hey, this is a great opportunity. I'm racing some really, really fast guys. Um, it's an indoor track that I'm familiar with. Uh, I had been there a couple times before in college. Um, and I got this great opportunity, uh, to race all of these talented runners. So I took it, uh, even though it's, you know, it's a mile, it's not <laughs> my best event. Um, and so we had a pacer who took us out the first 200, a little bit slow. And immediately then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get out kicked by all of these super fast guys. Um, but I just kind of focused, I got into really good position, which was great since it was so slow. I was uh, right in the second place position, right behind Edward Cheserek. And then, you know, Clayton Murphy was right behind me. Um, so like I said, the first lap was a little slow and then we slammed on the gas, uh, and started running really, really fast, uh, for the next few laps. 
And I just kind of locked in and focused on Edward Chesarek's back, um, knowing that all these super fast guys are right behind me. Um, I was just like, screw it. I'm going to go for it. Uh, I'm here. I'm in this great position. Uh, and then the funny thing about Edward is when he starts to get tired, he kind of loses his form and throws his arms out a little bit. And with about 300 meters left to go in the race, I see him doing that. And I'm just like, oh, this is my chance. Like, this is great. Uh, but I was, I was still really patient. Um, I, you know, there, there was a chance I could have seen that happening, gone by and just blew up because um, we were running pretty quick. Uh, but I was, I was as patient as I could be. And so I waited until the last like 75 meters and I was just like, now's my chance. I put everything I possibly could into that last straightaway. Um, and I just barely outleaned Ed by, I think it was like 0 0.03 or something like that. Just the slimmest margin. Um, and I won the race against all these amazing runners. And, you know, after that, I was just kind of like, wow, like this, that was, that was an amazing run. Um, you know, and it, it's still like looking back gives me a lot of confidence because um, not only was it like a shorter race than, you know, I, I would typically do, but the way that I won it was through my last hundred meters, which is not typically uh, up until that point, the way I won races. So, you know, now I kind of learned like, hey, I do have a good finishing kick um, and I, I can run with anyone. Um, and so that's given me so much confidence. So that might be another ingredient to add confidence. Absolutely. One of the key key uh, ingredients for success to have confidence and then also giving yourself a chance. You know, like you had mentioned, if you were to automatically rule yourself out based on your competition around you, you wouldn't have had that great experience. And now, even to this day, that's something you can reflect on to help motivate you and to remember what a great runner you are. And when you tow the line, it's like, I'm here and I belong here and I'm going to get some stuff done. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for adding all those. That that was a really great conversation. And I know that our audience will be grateful to hear from you, too. And we'll be keeping in touch and letting our audience know uh, all of the different kinds of racing, the variety of racing that you have <laughs> coming up. Is there anything that you want to share with our audience that's coming up soon? Yeah. So uh, this indoor season, we'll be running um, a 3K at the U.S. Championships. Um, in Albuquerque on February 16th, I think. Um, got a couple of indoor races coming up leading, leading up to that, um, but that's the big one uh, for this season. Awesome, well, best of luck to you, Willie, and thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much, Andy. First, a special thanks to Willie Fink, not only for coming on the show, but also for helping out with the Baltimore Marathon. When you take someone of your caliber and you, you dip yourself way, way down to help out the likes of people like us in races, you know, we really appreciate it. That was a swell thing you did. You're a swell fellow indeed. And for sharing some great insight in the conversation here. And so what we want to do here is we want to just react to those ingredients that Willie laid out and give you kind of a sense of... Um, just just narrative exposition around how these things manifest in so many important ways for 
everyone. So a lot of these athletes that we brought on the show have had some aspect of team. And it's really important for Willie, as he mentioned this podcast, but also as we think of ourselves as adult runners who are not professionals, we can still surround ourselves with people that have similar goals and ideas of what they want to do. And that can help us thrive too. In fact, it can. And so the challenging thing, right, is always whenever we talk about um, the value of the people around us and community and sense, um, there's always kind of like this ideal that is very, very difficult to attain in the right way for most adult runners. And that ideal is some combination of a supportive running community where you can engage with each other actively and in some routine sense. And yet we are we live such very different lives and schedules as the people around us. We often run in very different senses, like we're training for different things. We're training at different times. We're training at different distances, all that kind of stuff. So how can we still achieve some of the benefits of this kind of stuff? And it, I mean, it's just it's just not easy. But I think we, we share often our own experiences with this and they're very, very different. You know, Andy likes to run with people a lot. I don't. That's it. Um, but that's not to say we. I don't, I don't not like to run with people. I just don't do it. Um, and, but at, as it were, even in that sense, we both feel like we have a fairly strong connection with running support in various senses. And so it has a lot to do with just kind of getting a sense for, you know, we talk with some of our own athletes and they say, it's really hard for me to get up in the morning and get that early run in. But when I'm meeting a friend, it's like no brainer, no problem. I've got the extra layer of accountability, but also I just look forward to it more. And it's like almost, you know, a tool, an asset in so many ways to make the thing happen and make it happen in a better quality. Like it's a better experience in my life. So you, you have to look for that and you have to try to figure out if there is definitely something that I need more in that sense, what could it look like and what opportunities are there? Because chances are there are opportunities. We don't know exactly where you live, who's listening to this right now, but we know that there's a lot going on in running circles that most people don't know about, even people who are right there living nearby. And when Zach qualified for the Olympic trials back in 2016, he didn't have a lot of people he was running with on a regular basis, but he was in communication weekly with his friend Jed, who is also pursuing the same goal. And even if you don't have someone that you're directly able to run with on a regular basis, just having that camaraderie that you can share and the discussions that you can have between one another, like to help lift each other up is is really a cool thing. Yeah, you could say Jed and I were training together in a sense for that same event. We were running the Chicago Marathon to try to qualify for the Olympic Trials Marathon. Um, And so we were both going to run the same event. We were going to try to race the race together, help each other out. And yet he at the time lived in Pennsylvania. I at the time lived in Michigan. And so we never we, we never saw each other. Actually, though, that's not true. One time we met in Ohio randomly and ran 23 or 26 or we actually don't know how long it was. We ran 20 some miles together in the middle of Ohio, um, kind of on a spur of the moment thing. There was some other reason we were both in Ohio, but it happened to be an opportunity to connect. And you could see like, okay, so at the same time we were interacting regularly. And so when I say like, I have, I feel like I have a strong sense into running community in various capacities. That's one of them. And Jed personally is one of them. And yet I never see him. 
And so there's layers of this kind of thing. What are the layers that I need that can benefit me, but also work well with my current situation? And, and chances are you can find them. I love that Willie mentioned something. Uh, it was a little unexpected and I love it. And I think it's so true, but flexibility is an, an ingredient for success. Being like able to stretching. be well, <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Work and mobility. Do your work and mobility. About. Yeah. But flexibility in terms of being adaptable to race day and having the few key things you need to do, but also kind of holding things loosely because if you're traveling or if your race is at a different time of day, which more so it's at a different time of day for track, but even among the majors, Zach, we were talking about how like if you're, depending on what wave you're in, you could be running at noon or you could be running at like, you know, 8.30 a.m. for a different race. So there is a variety of race times even for road racing and distance running so being able to be adaptable but know the key things that you need to do before your race to be prepared i thought that was a really good takeaway yeah yeah and just not willie said it just not being so set in our rituals um there are there's value to routine and certain capacities of routine um to try to make sure that i don't you know you don't they always talk about this. Don't try new things on race day, right? That's, that's just general good wisdom. Um, but at the same time, also, we have to, we can't be so rigid in our, in the way we operate functionally um, that when we do anything differently that it throws off our rhythms. And so part of that is just, you know, trying to kind of live that way too in terms of like training, day-to-day -day training. Um don't eat the exact same thing before every long run. Don't do that because chances are you can't eat exactly the right thing before, you know, so get your body used to more than a set ritual is kind of the, the takeaway there. And I have to say, we've, we've, we've had a fair bit of that over the years. We're just like, um, you know, the, the stories abound. You've got races that, you know, run absurdly early in the morning. The Detroit Marathon's one of them. If, and if you run that, it's like 6.30 in the morning, 6 in the morning or something, Eastern time. Um, and, and then and how many of you have gone overseas for a race and you traveled a few days before? You're not, like, acclimating to a time zone shift. And so then your race is at 3 a.m. body clock time. Well, that's abnormal, right? I went to a race one time that was scheduled to be at about 9.30, 10 o'clock p.m., and then there was a thunderstorm and it delayed a while. We came back out to the track to run more lightning, delayed a while again, came back out to run. We didn't end up running until almost 2 a.m. That's rough. And that was unplanned. So now we have all these layers of like, do I eat something or not? We're supposed to run in 30 minutes, but who knows? Because it keeps getting delayed. And then it was like, okay, let's just eat something and hope for the best. And then it ends up being two more hours still. So that's not good. But, you know, how can can you still show up and give what your body's capable of giving in those kinds of situations? And, you know, and, and, and all the rest. There's just so many unique scenarios. How many of you have told us, um, I run all these marathons and they're like 7 a.m. races and then I go run Boston and it's like I'm running at 11 o'clock and it just throws me off. It's really hard to like be normal in that race. It's like, yeah, that that's true. That's a real thing. And we talked about with Willie on that note, like the adaptability that you need to have in race too. So it's not going as you hoped it would go, but keeping a cool head, keeping your, your confidence, which is another ingredient for success that he mentioned, but also keeping a cool head and not getting frazzled while you're running. 
So I thought those were really great too. He also mentioned having variety and I encourage runners to try new things and to run in a variety of races. Also to race perhaps more often because that really does help you dial in how you need to race is a good practice. The better, the more you do it, the better you will get at it. Especially, I would say, in those shorter distances where you have more opportunity. You can't do like marathon after marathon, week after week, unless you're Craig. Unless you're Craig. <laughs> <laughs> then you might. But most people cannot do marathon on marathon. So, Well, okay. Let me at least pause there okay. and simply say that's actually not true. How is it possible that Craig runs a marathon a month, essentially? How is that possible? And and getting fewer injuries, by the way, than he has had in the past when he raced. Because he's su- he's got a lot of musculoskeletal strength, and he knows himself very well. Because we have conditioned him in such. Not I'm not saying we have done something to him, but he and working with us as we've been trying to address this. Uh, and by the way, what we're referring to, we interviewed Craig on the podcast recently about the training by effort series. So go back and listen to Craig's episode if you missed it. Um, so it, the point is. Um, He's he's been able to prepare his body in such a way that he can handle a 26 mile run without really any problem. He can go run 26 miles anytime he wants to. It's a question of effort. And so what we do in the situation where he's, he's racing a marathon a month is we select certain ones. And it's not very often that are focal points. He's going to try to push himself and see what he can do. But at the same time, there's fail safes programmed into the race plan so if he gets to mile 20 feeling like and it's not even that it's earlier feeling like x or y he backs off the effort and so craig's never really pushing himself to the line except for in very key moments deliberately selected so if you think about the sense of like this is the whole mindset behind um i I guess i'm kind of getting off track a little bit but the but the variety piece is going to come back into this in a moment the idea of um preparing ourselves appropriately for something is not doing the same thing all the time either and so what what does it look like to variety in terms of like races and competitions because that's you know it helps keep things interesting um but at the same time also understanding what kinds of varieties I need in preparation as well and those different capacities. Mm-hmm. We had also talked about off-air more in regards to consistency, which is a theme throughout our podcast, really. And all of the running advice you're going to get is that consistency is a key to success. But Willie mentions that too. And that's why he can, can he can trust his training in his races is because he's had the consistency over time and he's trusting the process. So I think those were some really great takeaways from our episode with Willie Fink, who is at the top of the game. And we're excited to continue to follow his journey as it unfolds. And remember, he does have a race coming up mid-February for um, the indoor season. So we're looking forward to sharing with you on that. And speaking about being at the top of the game to kick off the new year, we have some interesting things coming your way, namely around the topic of change and what it looks like to address that. Well, we're bringing in some great literature on the topic, and we're going to be sharing that with you here soon. So make sure you're tuning in to the new year when we begin airing that series coming shortly. Thank you so much for joining us on this bonus episode of A to Z Running, and we'll talk to you next week.